We hope you are enjoying our mini-series for recent graduates, as well as our special edition COVID-19 episodes. We thought we would combine these two topics and bring you a bonus episode about recent graduates who are practicing medicine in the midst of the COVID-19 pandemic. I spoke with Dr. Nicole Bertolini from Pearland, Texas, and Dr. Anna Foster from Houston. They graduated from Texas A&M University College of Veterinary Medicine in 2018. They're not only best friends, but were also roommates in veterinary school. Here they are. My name's uh, Dr. Nicole Bertolini, and I work at a VCA Westside Animal Hospital in Pearland, Texas. Um, it's a pretty big practice. Currently, we have um, four doctors, but we're usually used to six. Um, just lately, there's been like people kind of like coming and going, just different life changes, and then Corona happened, and so it's been a little wild. Um, but uh, we see um, daytime emergencies and walk-ins, and then also wellness appointments. So um, we're uh, basically a general practice, but also for the area of the daytime emergency. Okay, and Dr. Foster. So my name's Anna Foster, and I am on the business development team for a company called Veterinary Emergency Group. So I'm also a practicing veterinarian. Um, Veterinary Emergency Group, we call it VEG for short, so I'll I'll be calling it VEG. Um, So their headquarters are in New York, and after COVID, I will be moving there to work from the headquarters. We have hospitals um, in Florida, in New York, New Jersey, Massachusetts, and we have our newest one in Fort Worth, and, and we'll continue to expand in Texas. Got it. Well, that's exciting that it's expanding. Um, all right, so can you two tell me what operational changes your clinic has made in the midst of the pandemic? Yes, so um, just like a lot of places, uh, well, I tell people that it's kind of like we work at Sonic right now because they drive up and they're curbside and then they give us a call and then when they get there, um, you know, and they give us a call, the technicians talk to them on the phone, get a history and then bring, go get the pet and bring the pet in. Um, so everything is done away from the owner um, for like the physical exam. And then most of the time the doctor will call on the phone with their findings and then talk about their recommendations. Um, but I have gone out to the cars um, to see the owners face to face because they sometimes have a really hard time Well, they almost, it's not that they don't believe that a doctor didn't look at their pet, um, but sometimes they just need that reassurance that the doctor's in there, their pet was taken care of. Um, but, um, you know, and then everyone is wearing masks, gloves, um, you know, we're changing um, our smocks and things like that. So it's definitely been quite different because the inside the hospital is really, really quiet because no one's in the hospital, but then the parking lot is like we're having some sort of tailgate party because there's just tons of cars out there. <laughs> and Dr. Foster. So yeah, we're, we're responding in a similar way to COVID. Um, one of the unique things about VEG is that normally when it's not COVID, we always keep the pets and their parents together. So that means we don't really use exam rooms. Uh, the pets come in with their owner, uh, the customer comes straight into the back, into the treatment area, and we do everything there. So with COVID, we still wanted to try to provide somewhat of a semblance of that uh, same sort of experience for clients. And so the way we're able to do that, we try to do almost everything that we can virtually. So we have a practice management software, it's called Vetspire. And through Vetspire, we can basically send um, the customer a self-check-in link. They can fill out all the information from their pet. And then through that, we're able to use a telemedicine app. It's called Teletales. And we pretty much FaceTime with the owner so they can stay in their car. We can FaceTime with them. They can see what's going on the entire time. So we'll walk them through the treatment plan. They'll watch us place catheters, um, get drugs whatever needs to happen uh, we use that app and so the customers have really enjoyed that it just kind of helps to calm their nerves a bit because they can't be with their pet the whole time um, some of our hospitals they also have full-length windows and so 
the owners can come, they can sit, we put chairs outside. Some of them have like a little overhang or a tent. And so the customers can sit outside and they can watch what we're doing the entire time while we have them on the phone. So that's kind of how it's changed a little bit. Um, I think that with one of the harder parts was since we are an ER, so we'll see very critical pets um, or things like euthanasias. And so we've had to modify a little bit um, to where we just use very, very long uh, extension sets so that we're still close to the person. The person can be with their pet, but we're far enough away to still social distance. And so, yeah, a big part of this is social distancing. And what I've heard is, you know, physical touch is important. Um, you know, initially you would shake a hand with a client. Um, and so, you know, now that's missing even like a pat on the shoulder. So um, can you tell me about that, that part of it? Yes. So we still, um, we still, especially when clients are having a really tough time, um, we still let euthanasias in the building in one room that's particularly um, for that. Um, and I have, you know, we all, we give them a mask and gloves so they can come in and they can be with their pet. Um, and I will go in the room with them. Um, my technician stays out of the room so that they are not exposed and they're seeing more, they're seeing more people than I am because most of the time I'm just in the building. But with something like a euthanasia, they, the people um, need to be there. And it's really hard for them um, to heal and recover if they feel like they had to drop off their pet and not see it. So we let them in the building and I go in with my gloves, smock, mask, and I do still will have physical touch with them because me as a person, I just would, um, I just would rather risk that because uh, my heart breaks for them. Because most of the time, you know, euthanasia, if they're not expected, it can be really hard. And um, I had an older gentleman that like really broke my heart last week because this was his dog, him and his wife's dog, and he recently lost his wife. And he was um, having such a tough time that I told him that he could come in. And then I did the euthanasia with him in the room. And then I asked him if I could hug him afterwards. And he was an older gentleman and he very much needed that. Um, and he wasn't gonna ask me for that, but I felt like at that moment in time, cause I do touch their hand and touch their shoulders. Um, and you know, I'm there with them if they need it, but this, this gentleman needed someone um, and I know we have a pandemic and I, but I needed to be that person for him. So, um, I hugged him and then I walked him to his car, um, just because there at times like this, everyone needs to be safe, but people also need to feel cared for. So, yeah, so it can be, it can be kind of, it can be tricky, but usually euthanasias and, um, and things like that, they the owners can still come in the building if they would like. Yeah, I, I agree. That's a, a really tough, um, it's a tough situation and it's, it's something that even to try to modify during COVID, um, nothing can really replace being able to touch someone or pat someone on the back, um, hand them a tutu if they're crying. So we're dealing with a lot of emotions um, at the hospital. And so I think it has helped to be able to almost like FaceTime with our telemedicine app, especially if it's something like we have to deliver really tough news. Um, it is very helpful to have that app and be able to be face-to-face -face, um, versus deliver it on the phone. It's of course not as good as in person, but I think that the customers, they really appreciate that. Um, on the flip side, we can also do that through the windows too. So we're still there. Um, there's still a big window in front of us, but it does help. Um, some of the other things that we'll do to kind of um, help out with the customers and, and help us uh, have more, um, I guess, intimacy and, and show that we're, we're really caring for their pet and they can trust us during these times, we'll send them pictures, like say their, their dog is being hospitalized overnight, then we can send them a picture and say, uh, of maybe like one of the technicians or one of the doctors hugging the pet and say, hey, everything's okay. You know, we're, we're just loving on your pet tonight. Everything's going well. So we'll send them little like goodnight text messages or a little video of their cat purring. So things like that, just small little thoughtful touches, I, I think are really helpful right now. Yeah, people love that. 
people love when you send pictures of you or your technician or with their pets. And even, um, I mean, we have so many, you know, just even people being separated from their pets and coming into the hospital, like you're saying, I'll, um, you know, take a picture with their pet and send it to them. And I, it does make a world of difference because it just, even though they trust you, especially emergency is definitely a different beast because a lot of times it might be the first time they're even meeting you. Um, whereas with general practice, they usually repeat clients or they've been there for a while. So you have a level of trust with them, but it still makes a big difference when they know they see a picture of you treating their pet or like holding their pet and being endearing, um, especially hospitalized cases. Cause we definitely have had a lot of hospitalized cases and just sending them pictures throughout the day has made a big difference for them. Um, because I, yeah, it's tough. If I was away from my pet or a loved one, you know, I would want someone to send me something like that. It makes a world of difference for sure. So that's a way where veterinarians can make up for the lack of physical touch. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. A different comforting or like a coping method other than just talking to them on the phone and like keeping them up to date, actually sending them a picture of their pet does volumes, you know, like we all know if you ever like, someone's ever watching your pet, right? And like someone takes a picture of it and you're like, you're just on vacation or whatever. You're like, oh, you know, they're doing so great. Or like, I'll drop my dog off at my parents' house for a couple days and then they'll send me videos of him. And I'm like, oh my God, you know, I like melt and he's not even sick, <laughs> you know? So I can only, you know, I can only imagine what the difference it makes when we send pictures to people when their pets are ill and they can't be there for them, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, it's something that I never really thought about. I wonder if it makes you, made you reevaluate that a little bit. You know, touch is a way to express empathy and compassion, and you've had to change the way you express it. Has that changed how you feel at all? I, <laughs> yeah, I would say, I would say it does. It does make me miss um, some of the, like, because my, a lot of my clients are, like, become friends after a while, you know, and you, like, enjoy visiting with the room or like uh, getting to know them or what's going on in their life otherwise and um so just not having that interaction or being able to shake their hand or hug them goodbye or whatever the case may be definitely is very is very different you definitely feel a little like detached from the situation you know um yeah for sure yeah, I think it will. So I, I think one of the good things during these chaotic times, I think it forces us to get really creative and to innovate and maybe do some of these things a little bit more than, than we would normally do, such as send the pictures or send the videos or um, show that you're just like loving on somebody's dog uh, while they're not able to be in the room. I think it, it forces us to go ahead and innovate and come up with other ways um, to practice, which in reality, we might be doing for quite a long time. And so I, I think it's good to accept it as a, a new normal for right now and do the best that you can. And then I think that later on, when eventually we are able to have that physical touch, um, we'll appreciate it much more. I think it's something that we took for granted a lot, or at least I, I know I did. And so I think that it's going to give us a deeper appreciation um, once this has all passed. True. And hopefully, and you know, we'll bring some of these positive feedback things back in with us, like when we get back. So like, we don't need to stop sending pictures of their dogs to them, you know, or it's like we had, like you said, it's a really good way to look at it because it's, um, it's a tough time, but it forces you to become better or find new ways. And then some of these ways work really well. So even when we go back to normal, um, you can still bring some of these positive like lessons and things with you and you can be better at even then you know in the future that's very true and have you two been more or less busy during this time have uh, more clients been coming in or no yes we have been inundated it is wild I know that's not the same for everybody um I think actually we have a couple other clinics that might not be as operational in the area so we're getting a little bit of like an overflow but it's weird i've been seeing a lot more emergency and sick pets and i don't know if it's because a lot of like dog attacks and stuff i don't know because everyone's in the home and the dogs are like overwhelmed and like all these things are going on or if people are just watching their pets more because they're at home and they think something's 
you know, wrong, but we, the last two weeks have been crazy busy, like overwhelmingly busy. Um, and so there's obviously a blessing to that because my staff is being paid and we're able to, um, you know, I'm able to help a lot of people and their pets, but it's also incredibly exhausting. I think last week, yeah, I saw easily like Monday through Friday, probably like a hundred to 120 pets. And, um, and we're still seeing surgeries and stuff like that too. So it, we were, I, I was definitely, I was figuring it would be really slow and, and it may still slow down as more people, unfortunately are furloughed or laid off and they have to save their bills and their money, you know, for their bills and their family. But, um, yeah, I was, I was incredibly imp impressed the past two weeks with um, how busy we've been with everything. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And I, I don't know if it's the case for everyone. Um, at the emergency hospitals, it's definitely been busy. So our Fort Worth hospital, our first one in Texas, uh, is brand new. We actually opened in the middle of COVID. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> it's, it's been doing well so far. So, so we're very fortunate. Now, seeing that our headquarters are based in New York, New Jersey, um, where it's a much different environment than it is here in Houston, um, there's much more of a presence of COVID. So um, a lot of the, there are a lot of GPs in New York and New Jersey area that have been closing or limiting their hours. And so that has made our hospitals um, in turn a bit busier. Uh, we're also getting a lot more calls. So one of the unique things about our veg hospitals is that uh, you always speak with the doctor. So when somebody calls and they say, ah, this is going on with my pet or my pet's been vomiting, then um, the receptionist will hand it over and say, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let you speak with the doctor right now. And so, so they always have a doctor answer. Now, with the hospitals being increasingly busy, um, we're also getting a lot of phone calls. And so um, what VEG has done was really quickly, we formed um, basically kind of like a little task force of remote doctors. So we've taken some of our doctors, especially some of the doctors who maybe they're in an area, they were a traveling veterinarian for us and they're stuck in California or they're stuck in Denver. And so since they can't come actually practice, they will help us to answer phone calls. And so we have doctors um, on every night and all throughout the weekend. And so they will, whenever the, the hospitals are getting incoming calls and they need to speak with a doctor, they'll actually transfer them over um, to whichever remote doctor is, is on the shift. And so um, we call them our, our televeggies and um, <laughs> veggies. Is, that's what we call ourselves at veg. Um, so that's been, that's been really interesting that, that we've, created that during this time and I think it's it's really helped I, I can't tell you I've picked up some of the shifts um, myself and the people who call in are just so grateful uh, that you can just give them a little bit of peace of mind like hey that can you know that can wait till Monday you can talk to your regular veterinarian about it um, or yeah you actually do need to come in right now so um, I think the, the people have been very grateful for that that's awesome. That's like a kind of like a mini screening call center. Yeah, you know a little I mean? triage. Yeah. yeah, cool. And um, something that I learned about VCA too recently is that they have doctors, they have something similar that you can call or message a doctor and it doesn't like when we're like hours are closed and they'll basically do the same thing. And so we've been telling people that too, um, that if, you aren't sure if you need to go to the EC or if it can wait, um, you know, you can email or message this number and a doctor will respond at like any time. So very similar. And it's incredibly helpful. And then all of their interaction or communication is sent over to the primary care doctor so we can see what they talked about. Um, and then if the owner has like concerns, like maybe about bringing the pet in or they're worried about COVID, you know, we've been doing more telemedicine. So we'll be like, Hey, we, saw your message, how's your pet doing today? You would script out these medications. If they're not doing better, bring your pet back, that kind of thing. But um, it's super helpful. It's really helpful. And that's really nice that you guys also did that because that means you're also helping veterinarians who are almost unemployed at this point in time and they have some sort of income, which is amazing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. I know I appreciate that as uh, when I want to talk to a, a human doctor, um, and then I don't hear from them. They'll, like a couple of weeks ago, I actually had the flu, and um, 
the day that I was like, you know what, I think I should get tested, I called and they didn't get back to me until the next day in the afternoon. And so I ended up just mm -hmm. going to our urgent care um, instead of going to see my general practitioner. And uh, it just shows how nice it is when you can get a hold of a doctor. It just means so much. Yeah, oh, it means so much, especially if your emotions are high and you have like yourself or a loved one who is mm -hmm. sick and just to have that peace of mind, like, oh, I spoke with a doctor, they said it's going to be okay, or, oh, I spoke with a doctor and I need to go to the emergency room right now. Yeah, they just need help making a decision. You know, they just don't know. And so I think that's great that you guys have developed that and that's something that you can use further on. And, and it's something that I didn't even really know till like about a month ago, I found out about it right before COVID. And I was like, this is a great thing to have. And then ever since, ever since it happened, I was like, wow, this is a really great <laughs> But people really do appreciate it, you know, and they'll be like, okay, yeah, I won't bring my pet in because I saw this dark spot on his butt, you know, or something like that. And um, so it can be something that's really severe or something that's not, but either way, they're going to sleep better that night. And that's, what's important. <laughs> exactly, yeah. So aside from emergency services, have you two had to limit any procedures? Um, I would imagine Dr. Foster, because you just work in emergency, I don't know what you would be limiting, but Dr. Bertolini, what about you? <laughs> yeah, we've had to postpone a lot of our elective considered procedures. So basic dental cleanings, um, spays and neuters unless it's becoming something that's considered essential. Um, and uh, so we still, like I did an oral hematoma yesterday on a dog that his ear was really bad. And then I did a dental on an older dog that her teeth were hurting her and affecting like her quality of life. So um, each doctor, I would say we're still doing surgeries each day, but they're definitely more of like a medical need uh, type of surgery. Um, and it's a little tough for me because, uh, I still feel like when a puppy is young, um, you know, it's important to get them spayed before their first heat just because of certain medical reasons. But at the same time, um, you know, we have to conserve our PPE because they're starting to ask veterinary hospitals to donate their PPE to human hospitals and, um, and, and people, I mean, like I love animals that people come first. And so if we have to, you know, not do some elective procedures in order to make sure that we have enough for our medical need procedures, and then the hospitals get what they need, then that, you know, that's what we'll do. But um, otherwise, you know, we're still seeing wellness appointments, vaccines, heartworm tests, fecals, and we're still open for that. And then of course, um, other like medical emergencies, but um so kind of till the indefinite future until things start um, kind of going back to normal and we have people on like a wait list, you know, like a list of people. And then we're just, once things go back to normal, just call them back and get them in like ASAP in the order that they were supposed to get their, you know, their spay or neuter done. Yeah, I would say for us, um, the, so yeah, we're, we're mostly seeing emergencies, but every once in a while someone comes into the emergency room for something that's not an actual emergency. So that was also one of the reasons why we created our televeggie system to have doctors answer the phone. It's so that if there's something that we can send to the referring veterinarian, then then we do that. So um, at Veg, we very much value our relationships with our referring veterinarians. All we do is emergency. That's all we do. So we we don't try to manage the cases. We we always send them back to the regular veterinarian. Um, that's that's very important to us. And so as much as we can tell the customers who are calling in, like, hey, it's, it's okay to go see a regular veterinarian tomorrow, we, we try to do that. So how do you two feel when you walk into your clinic? Do you have any feelings of um, fear or anxiety or do you feel pretty calm and safe? I definitely feel pretty, I feel pretty safe just because um, we are using, um, the masks, gloves, um, we're using our smocks, changing them as needed, bleaching the smocks, um, and we're cleaning. Even though we're not having people come in the hospital, we're still cleaning the hospital twice a day, the floors and all the countertops. Um, you know, we have Purell, things like that. Um, and of course, it's, there's always a risk. I think my, at this point, my technicians are at a higher risk, right? Because they're going and getting the pets and then they're bringing them to me. Um, but 
I feel like we responded really quickly and really well to this pandemic. Um, and we were a little bit more ahead of the curve. And so we started things a little bit more strict when it first started happening. And I think that has protected a lot of people. But, you know, we do have people who have kids or are pregnant and um, they decide to take a leave of absence, which is 100% understandable. If anyone feels like they're sick, they're not coming in, um, you know, and we just make it work with the staff that we have. Um, but luckily so far, we have very, we've had very little of that. And, um, and I think our measures have kept us like safe. I really feel like we'd say, and also, you know, it matters geographically where everything's going on. And so of course I feel like if I was in New York, I would have a much like even higher red alert than what I do here. Um, but we do have cases in our area, so we are diligent about it, but I think it also is, you know, environmentally uh, driven um, just because we're not in like a super hot zone, like at this moment in time, I think if we do become even more have more cases and it will be like we'll see less wellness appointments and just do emergencies and sick pets um, to continue to limit the amount of interaction like with people yeah i, I agree with nicole it's it, so it, it's a risk for everyone who has to still go into work if you're an essential employee it's um there's an inherent risk there um now I'm grateful for my company and Nicole's company who are providing us with PPE um, and taking all the right measures to clean the hospital um, and do all of the things that we need to do as much as possible to keep each other safe. Um, one of the things that, that I have admired and I think a lot of the people at my company really do appreciate is that the CEO, he has a weekly Q&A session and so um, we'll all hop onto a Zoom meeting at um, sometimes over 100 people. And people can submit questions. Um, you can do it anonymously too if you want. And so no question is off limits. And, I, and he's, got, he's had some pretty tough questions. And um, I just, I, I really admire and respect how he's been able to answer it, um, how the leadership has been at the company. I think that can make all the difference and whether or not your team is, um, panicking or um, if they're not feeling appreciated. I, I think we're trying to do everything that we possibly can to show everyone on the front lines that we appreciate you, um, that we see the risk that you're taking, um, and we admire the work you do, and, and we're just so, so grateful. So I, I think um, really for any company, whether it's an individual, like a private practice or a big company, I think having transparency and keeping the lines of communication open with your team as much as possible is is so important right now. Yeah, absolutely. Like, absolutely. The nice thing, whenever all this was starting, like a couple weeks ago, each day something changed, right? Like each day, um, I know uh, my manager was like, okay, they're having a corporate meeting today. You know, people are listening in or they're going to send us an email. And each day I got a new email with like the new protocol. And then, like you said, people can submit questions. And so I think a couple, like, I don't know, sometime last week, we got one about how to answer questions regarding COVID to clients and like their pets. And, and then they would just say, okay, this is what's happening next. Or this is what's going to happen with PPE. So I definitely felt like I was up to date. And I think that is something great about having a corporate or like a national companies because they have to do that and um, know how to, you know what I mean? And so obviously I feel for a lot of these private practices, but I definitely feel like, you know, they're like, hey, we have to take a lot of responsibility for this because we have places everywhere and in hot zones and not hot zones. And they've just been... Um, really diligent and it makes me feel more comfortable and then also equips me with like answers for people when they're like you know can my dog get it or can my cat get it or like can, why can't we do these procedures instead of me being like I don't know <laughs> you know like I have an answer I'm like you should ask the doctor no, <laughs> I have like answers for them um and um it is it is really nice and so uh um, they definitely keep you up to date and my manager's up to date because like you said, everyone's nervous and everyone's out on the front lines and no one's, no one's going to know what happens next. And then you get like an email that's like, this is what we talked about today with expectations. And you're like, my type A personality feels so much better right now. 
For sure. I think it's it's nice too for those employees who maybe they're immunocompromised or they have someone at home who's immunocompromised um, or maybe they're at a clinic that's not quite as busy. And so I think being able to um, have some security and knowing like I'm, I'm going to get my paycheck next week or here's what I should do next. If the, you know, if you have a good HR department who's giving you these updates of when to file for unemployment or what to do, it's, it's very, very helpful um, to your employees during this time. Absolutely. Yeah, it's definitely reassuring. So I was wondering what information are you sharing with your clients? Yeah, so just like kind of you mean about like um, what's going on with COVID or just, yeah, just in general? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so um, I do try anytime I call on the phone to talk to them about their pet, um, I do ask them how they're doing, like how they are doing. Um, and I get a couple of different answers, you know, some people are doing just fine, but people are having a really tough time and I just kind of talk to them for a minute or two. Um, you know, and then I've been telling them too about like, the changes with the elective procedures and why, and then people do ask like, do we, you know, animals technically do have a coronavirus that they can get, um, but it is different. Um, and it usually affects their GI system, like dogs and cats. And it's more of like a, something they get when they're younger, when they're a puppy. And then they might get like mild signs of it, might not show any signs of it, and then we're done. We used to vaccinate for it, but uh, they took the, they stopped making the vaccine because they felt that it wasn't effective anymore. And the funny thing is that I think they started they took the took it out of vaccines like maybe like a year ago, and then this happens, and everyone's asking for the coronavirus vaccine, and you're like, no. <laughs> um, so um, I just let people know that as of right now, there is not any obvious. Um, transmission of COVID-19 to from humans to animals, animals to humans, and animals to animals. Um, there is, of course, that concern with the tiger at like the Bronx Zoo that is still being investigated. Um, they did tell us that it could have gotten from the transmission from the zookeeper to the tiger. Um, but in regards to our domestic animals, um, there is no obvious transmission. Animals can be fomites, like their colors, their fur, which is why we wear like gloves and masks because we're taking the pet from the owner. Um, but, um, you know, it's not, it's not the exact same as if someone next to you has Corona and sneezes on you and, and gives it to you, that kind of situation. Um, and uh, so I've just been trying to let people know that. And then they asked about getting tested, did the animals get tested? And technically you can, but there isn't a recommendation to do that right now. Um, and that's something that I've been getting information from, from like my corporate, you know, headquarters and stuff too. So I let people know as things change, like we will definitely let you know. Um, and then if, if an owner has COVID or is worried that they have COVID, we can still see their pet. It's just our PPE goes up. You know, all of a sudden we go to like stage four, um, like uh, all kinds of PPE. They just don't open their like car window to like talk to us or to, you know, we just go grab the pet, come back in, keep them in like one room and we just make it even more of like a um, higher risk. But we have had someone come that was worried that their wife had COVID, but their cat they felt was dying. And so we're not going to say no, you know, we're, we're still going to come take care of you and your pet, but it just changes. And then if someone's worried that they have COVID, it's best that they're isolated just to be extra safe from pets and from humans. Um, because as we know, viruses do mutate and they can, there's always some possibility that it could mutate to where an, a domestic animal could get it. Um, but at this point in time, there's been no scientific proof of that happening, but we don't want to be people that have that happen because they are, you know, loving on their dog and they for sure have COVID and then like, could that happen? Yes. So we're just letting people know that, um, you know, we'll, we'll take it a day at a time is kind of what I tell, talk to people about. And most people are very understanding of that. Um, but usually I'm just like the coronavirus for them is very different. We don't even vaccinate for it anymore. It's just really unfortunate timing. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I think um, I would say for what, what we do, I, I haven't had too many questions about the actual virus. Um, I think I'm, I'm getting calls from New York, 
from Florida, from Massachusetts and Texas, so kind of all over. Um, I think one of the things that I, I explain on the phone when I talk to anyone who's thinking about coming in, um, if they decide they're going to come in, I, I send them a link to do their self-check-in and I just, I give them a heads up on what the process is going to be. So they're not caught off guard when they get there or thinking like, oh no, I'm so worried about my pet. I look plan to come inside. So I tell them, you know, we're going to send you a self-check-in link. You're going to check in. And then we'll do a little swap off. Um, technician's going to take your pet, bring them inside. And then I'm going to call you um, via our app. It's like a little FaceTime. And so I give them that heads up. And then when I'm like, yes, we're going to FaceTime, then they're just like, oh, okay, I understand. Like, that makes sense. You know, we'll do that. That's great. And so um, I think just preparing them before the visit has been pretty helpful. Um, we've also had a lot of clients. Um, it's really sweet who like one of them um, put like wrote down some of the signs of what was going on with her pet and then put it in like a plastic Ziploc bag and then um, said, said that she like sprayed the outside down with Clorox and like cleaned it and put <laughs> that in with her dog. That's so so it's, it's sweet. Yeah. Yeah. That's really cute. Yeah. <laughs> That's really cute. So how has it affected you two on a personal level? You know, you're working and then you come home. How has it affected you two? Are you guys watching more Netflix, spending more time with family? Um, you know, it's weird because, you know, I'm still going to work like normal hours. And so I don't feel the effects of isolation as much as other people do, which is good for my mental psyche because I'm someone who I can't sit still and I know Anna's the exact same way because she's in a <laughs> yep. literally every day I talk to her she's somewhere different um and so it's good for me to go and work and then come home so my my routine hasn't changed that much which is great um but yes like on the weekends that I'm not working you know um definitely a lot more things around like my apartment or watching TV or outside with my dog. Um, but, and I haven't seen, I was lucky that I went, I was able to go see my parents for Easter. They made me wear like little masks though. And like paint, like my dad drew like a bunny character on it. Like, you know, I saw it. It was cute. <laughs> yeah. And I walked in and my mom was like, stay where you are. Like use this hand sanitizer, put the mask on, leave your phone over there. And I was like, oh my gosh, I felt like, like I was going to walk in the laundry room. They just were going to like spray me down, you know, like <laughs> they do in the movies. And, um, but they, you know, I was still able to spend Easter with them, but then they sat me across the table. Like we have a long table and like, I felt like I was, <laughs> I felt like I was in like an interview meeting. Parents were on one end and I was on the other and I was like, Hello. <laughs> um, so uh, I've been able to still see, I saw them for that, but I usually see my parents pretty frequently. They live kind of close. So it's been weird not seeing them as often, but um, you know, just keeping them safe because they've been really great about keeping themselves quarantined and following all the rules. And my mom has Purell in every crevice of the house and like the car and and then I'm coming from seeing all these people and touching all these things. And so I totally get them wanting to be extra safe. So I was really happy I saw them for Easter, but it was really, I mean, we made the best of a, of a very weird situation, you know, but, um, you know, even my mom and I drove to like, go get something from like the store and she made me wear my mask in the car with her. And it just, it's, so it makes me smile because I got to see them, but with following the rules. So things are definitely different personally for like everyone, but, um, I'm really, really lucky that I get to still go to work and I wake up and I have a routine and my life hasn't been completely put to a stop. And that, um, that's where I feel for a lot of people because that is so tough to have everything just stop and then have no definite answer as to when it will start again, because they can tell you end of April, end of May, end of June, but then you're really like, but when is it actually? And I think that's where a lot of the anxiety lays is no one actually, no one knows, like no one knows the answer to that. Um, right. it's just kind of, so, so yeah. So, I mean, it was an interesting Easter, but I was happy that I still got to spend it <laughs> with my family. <laughs> I need to see that picture. It sounds yeah. so cute. So yes, I can send it to you. I put it on my Facebook, I have a picture of all of us like together with our masks on, like enjoying Easter, but 
um, you know, in isolation. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you've got to record the moment. It's a very unique um, point in our history. So yes, you got to record it as much as possible. Yeah, I think um, what I've been trying to do is Nicole's right, like we're normally kind of running around everywhere for my job being in business development. Um, I typically am traveling to a lot of different conferences or school events. Um, or like up to the headquarters. So things like that, just a lot of travel, a lot of busyness, a lot of um, things after work too. And so that's obviously all completely slowed down. I mean, there's no going into the gym, there's no hanging out with friends after work, um, no traveling at all. And so um, I've, I'm just fortunate that I, I still have my job and I'm getting used to doing zoom meetings all day every day um which has been good and also doing that while my husband is also working from home and we live in 500 square <laughs> <her> feet wow <laughs> so <laughs> we've been adjusting to that um but just being grateful for the quiet time because i think um it's it's just not something that i had before really and so i'm i'm so grateful to be able to have time to um read or just um relax or watch tv um go outside for long walks um just things that normally wouldn't happen um cleaning the house cooking so we've been able to fill our time but um just in a different way and and trying to be present and grateful for that yeah even when anna's on vacation she doesn't know how to relax <laughs> She's like, I'm working on it. Yeah, I know. She's like, let's go on vacation. And then um, she'll like, I'll sit for 20 minutes in the morning and then we're going to go do stuff all day. <laughs> just like, I totally get it because I mean, you want to fill the time with like everything. But so yeah, I was actually thinking about you, Anna, like earlier this week and I was like, I wonder how she's doing. <laughs> I mean, I've, I've found other things to fill the time, but yeah. I think working on relaxing has been a good, a healthy thing. Yes. Good. Yeah. Because yes. In school. But um, I miss you. <laughs> Anna and I were roommates together in vet school. And so um, I would be sitting there watching a movie and her sister lived with us too. So it was really great. We'd be sitting there watching a movie and Alyssa and I could sit there for like hours and watch like a show or whatever and Anna Anna would be behind us like working out and watching a show and like reading a book and Alyssa's like can't you just sit down <laughs> so funny but um yeah just like like you said there's like silver linings you just kind of learn to slow down just a little bit and um I know people are probably just going stir crazy a little bit but I think enjoying the time that you have with your kids right now because you know they do grow up really quick or with your pets or finding the project you've been wanting to do, like now's the time to do it because you have no other choice. Right. So like let's yeah. make it like a positive, like a positive experience as much as we can um, and just help each other out, you know, because everyone's having a hard time um, financially and mentally. So just being there for people is huge. Like just thinking of other people before, you know, you say or do things is, is huge right now. So I think that's really important. Yeah, I think the other thing too is we're fortunate to still have our jobs and have our income. And so finding ways to help people during this time too, whether it's like supporting a, a local business um, or donating meals to people who need it. A lot of the, in Houston, I live in downtown Houston, a lot of the different like food banks and shelters are kind of closed down. And so we've been making an effort to help out in those areas too. And so I think taking the focus off of yourself in your situation and putting it like onto someone else who is has an even bigger need I think that that can also help kind of boost your mood or your attitude or perspective during this time sure. yeah sure. yeah I know that giving it not only uh helps the recipient but when you give it just feels good as well just being altruistic mm -hmm. yes, um, Dr. Foster, I hope you continue to take in that relaxation vibe. This is over. <laughs> I'll try. <laughs> she yeah. knows where it's coming from. Everyone in her family is like, she doesn't know how to sit still. And I'm like, it's not a silly bad thing. She just goes and gets stuff done. She's like ready to go, you know? <laughs> yeah. Well, the problem is I can't even... So like I can, normally I would film, I would also be a big planner. So I'll like write things out, plan things months in advance. And I can't even do that now <laughs> because we don't know <laughs> when it's going to be over. Yeah. yeah. 
I have yeah. no choice. My hands are You have tied. no choice. You're being forced into it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. you could kind of plan like funny things. Like on this day, I'm going to make a smoothie. On that day, I'm going uh, <laughs> to, I don't know. Crochet. Yeah, they, I'll, have to, I'll have to do that. That's a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> um, so any last remarks you'd like to leave your colleagues with? Anything? I mean, it sounds like you guys actually just shared a bunch, you know, just being grateful. Um, anything else you'd like to share? Yeah, just, um, just hang in there. And it, especially for our colleagues, because it is, it is tough on us to, um, it's such a different experience right now. And we all have those stories of like great clients who are just so appreciative of you. And then clients who just, um, absolutely don't want you to do anything without them present or they're suspicious of you or, um, you know, just, there's a lot, there's just kind of like one end or the other, I feel like, and just to hang in there and, um, take care of yourself, I think is the biggest thing. Um, if you're overwhelmed, take a break. If you need to go to like, go to sleep when you could keep yourself healthy so that you can continue to help other people. And that, I'm that's like physically, that's mentally, it's emotionally. So if you need an outlet and I know that, um, like once again, like I, like I do love VCA, they do have a counselor if you need to talk to her in times like this. And I'm always a huge proponent of counselors, um, um, talking to people, being open about how you feel. And then, like you said, giving other, giving to other people also makes you feel better or just talking to a client on the phone about how they feel and then sharing how you're doing personally is huge. And so, um, they're not alone. They're not the only ones dealing with some really goofy, silly people is the nicest way to put it. Um, and, uh, you know, if you need help, ask for it. Like there's a lot of people who are out there for you and the veterinary community is definitely like a really small, but like tight community. And if I, even someone I didn't know asked me for help, like I would do anything I could to help them. It's just the hardest thing is asking, but, um, you know, your clients appreciate you, your pets appreciate you. And, um, you're being on the front line. Like Anna said, like it, being out there and treating the pets and being there for the people, even if you're nervous or scared or you're putting yourself at risk, like is, is huge. And that goes for all people who are on like the front lines right now. And so I know, I know people, um, truly, uh, have appreciated me for being there and, and that makes the whole day better. And so just, I think keeping that in mind and it will end it will end eventually. We don't know when, but every storm passes. And so this one will too. And we will take good things away from it. And um, like, like Anna said, I think that's a great way to look at it is we had, we've been forced to think differently, treat people differently, not necessarily in a worse way, but also just handle things differently. And so if this was to ever happen again, we've made some changes. We kind of know how to handle it. Um, but then also you can add all of the great things that you've done for people or you've done for your practice. You can bring that with you whenever you return to normal, like hours and activity and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. Two things for me. Um, number one, I agree with Nicole. Like I think the biggest thing is just show appreciation to your staff and the people around you who are working really hard because it's, it's an emotional time and you don't know what they're dealing with at home. If, you know, they have kids running around the house all the time and no babysitter right now or uh, their husband got laid off, whatever it may be. Um, so I think really showing appreciation for everyone every single day who's showing up work and um, working through this. I think that's very important. And then the other thing that has been really fun during this time, I would recommend Zoom happy hours and Zoom dance parties. <laughs> Those are a lot more fun than you would think. You still um, almost feel like you're hanging out with your friends or um, your work friends, whatever it may be. Uh, it's just something really simple. You're Everyone's at home every night, so you have the time to do it. So just um, make the effort to go ahead and video call with your friends and like have some downtime too. Yeah. <laughs> One of my friends was supposed to have a bachelorette party and we had it over Zoom for like two hours. <gasps> Oh my I God. did that too last weekend. We were supposed to be in Austin and we did it over Zoom. It was sad, but also um, good to still get together, I guess. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and it's something that like you can always party later. You know what I mean? Like yeah. if you have that plan, 
But once this is over, because it will be over at some point, um, you know, she'll have the party she deserves. Just like all these people who unfortunately had had to change their weddings and stuff like they deserve their mm-hmm. day to be the way they want it to be. And so even if it's just a little late in, later in the year, it's going to be okay. And everyone who loves you will be there, even though you put so much effort into it and everything, it's going to happen. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think, uh, having th- these video chats definitely does help. And, um, cause you're still having that social interaction that you feel like you're lacking when you're isolated and humans are so social. And I think that's when they yeah. start you know, you start having some depression and stuff going on. And, and, you know, my advice is always be hug your dog, hug your cat. Yeah. You. Or your cat. <laughs> hug your cat. Love your cat. Love your dog. Love your horse. Whatever it is you got going for you. <laughs> they sure do appreciate you. Um, and even if they're ready for you to leave so they can take a nap, they still love you. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I think on the bright side, a lot more pets are being adopted right now. So yes, that's they are. I've been seeing so many new pets because they've been going to the shelter and getting adopted. I'm like, this is so great. I love it. <laughs> so I actually need to do that. I'm. Uh, I have our office cat right now. Her name's Luna, and so. Um, I think I will need to get my own cat and it's just funny because she's pretty moody. So when you say like hug your cat and like for however long she'll leave me. <laughs> hug your cat as long as she doesn't have to. <laughs> yeah. Hug her with your eyes. Yeah. She's, she's not one of those cats. Like, you know, when you can hug a really close friend and if they really need you, you you'll, you'll hug longer than you think with a cat. No, she's like, I'm done. I don't need to hug you anymore. <laughs> Don't touch me. Don't touch me. (laughs) Yeah. Well, thank you two so much for your time. Uh, It was really interesting getting to know what it's like working at a clinic right now. Um, And I think other colleagues, I'm sure it'll be interesting for them to hear what it's like. Everyone's experience is different. Um, But hopefully there's like one common theme, which is, you know, you're helping people, you're helping animals and just continuing to provide that compassionate, high quality care. Um, and you know, it, it just sounds like you're expressing it in a different way, which I find that's the most interesting part of this interview. So yeah, thank you. That was doctors Nicole Bertolini and Anna Foster talking about what it's like practicing medicine in the midst of the pandemic. They shared how they've had to come up with creative solutions to continue to provide compassionate care while observing social distancing. If you have a story to share about your experience practicing veterinary medicine right now, please reach out. My contact information is in the show notes. We'd love to hear your story. And from all of us at TVMA, we hope you and your staff are staying safe and healthy. Thank you for tuning in to Veterinary Vitals. I'm your host, Dina Goldstein from TVMA. (music) 